Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ball Watching. It is time of recording Wednesday, middle of the week. We have a break this Wednesday compared to last week, and we are resting up for a big match on the weekend against Colorado Rapids. I think the worst team in the MLS coming to town to City Park. Uh, but Justin, we're not resting this Wednesday. We're actually heading to City Park to witness uh, the men's national team for the U.S. take on St. Kitts and Nevis. So we're going to talk about that in, in place of the five-a-side today because I'm sure everyone's excited about that and the Gold Cup going on. Uh, but welcome to everyone joining. Sorry this is not live. That's where we will be. We will make sure that this gets out there, though, tonight and, and tomorrow morning. But a big match on our hands, Justin. And uh, before we close the book, though, on, on San Jose, I wanted to make sure we had a, a couple moments to talk about it. Obviously, still buzzing after that victory. It was a it was a massive one away from home, and really for us, it was kind of a, a lot of business as usual for us. We we did have we did have two players though in the team of the match day for it was like match day nineteen to twenty one. So all the games are being played on different days, but obviously Big Sam getting his debut into the team of the match day, and Roman Berkey, who has got to be one of the most capped guys on that list, you'd think, right? I was just about to say, I meant, I meant to look up how many times he's been on match day, and it shows now uh, that also we'll touch on it with the other news that he is an all-star with Tim Parker. So Tim Parker's actually been in the match day quite a bit. I'd say probably three or four yes. times. Roman, I feel like, on the bench or starting has mm-hmm. probably been in like eight or nine. The majority of match probably day. Probably a third at yeah. least, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just to mention, so MLS power rankings, we moved from five to seven, and ESPN kept us at seven. I don't really know, understand how we moved back on beating a team for their first time um at home this year so um but with Berkey Parker being all-star game the all-star game is July 19th in DC against Arsenal so it'd be awesome for those guys to get a chance to play against some of those big names I know Jake's big Arsenal guy kind of troubling year for you guys but you were just talking about it turning oh, around with some signings that's a whole different podcast we'll for be just fine time. we'll yeah. be just fine but I do want to get your thoughts Jake so obviously with Leuven and Klaus, if they did not get injured, what would your do? Do you think they both would have made it? Because right now, Cincinnati is the only team with three uh, members in the All Star game, and we have uh, six. One of six teams has two people, just like we do. So, would you have said that Leuven and Klaus would have made it if they stayed healthy the entire year? Maybe not both, because it's it's hard to speculate, especially for Klaus. Because I mean, he's been hurt for so long. He's he has actually been hurt since the last Colorado Rapids game, and. That was a long time ago. Now that was April 22nd. So we're, we're two months out. So I'm, I'm not going to go on the Klaus path. Obviously, if he had continued the way he was playing, he should have been definitely in the All-Star game. But Leuven, the sample size that he have he has, I think is more than enough to make the All-Star team. But the injury, they're not going to pick a guy that's hurt and not going to play. Right. It's just not going to happen. But you look at our team and everyone just is like, Oh, designated team, designated team. They're not going to have any superstars. Not going to go for the big names, but yet we absolutely should have been the second team with three all-stars joining Cincinnati on that list. Had Leuven not gotten hurt. I'm not sure there's other teams that have that, but we could have had even four if Klaus would have kept playing and not even the, I mean, he was just, those two are, are so critical to the team and, I was a little bit shocked to see Tim Parker in there. Not that Tim Parker's having a bad season, but if you look at our our rank of like who's our most important players, he'd be number four on my list below Berkey and Klaus and Leuven. So maybe even Blum had Blum not had some absences as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy. I'm super happy. There are some teams that didn't get all stars. So right. the fact that we got them in season one, it's incredible. Just naming a couple guys is awesome. And I will say, I think I called it last time. I know I put up a little story that I, I mean Roman should be starting. I, I don't think that's given yet, but. 
there's no way he doesn't. So, um, but before we get into the preview of Colorado on Saturday, like Jake mentioned, we are going to the U.S. men's national team game tonight at City Park. That will probably start around like nine or so yeah. against St. Kitts and Eves because before that is Jamaica um, versus Trinidad. That will start at 630. So make sure everybody that is planning on going, well, I guess you guys will catch this live. So we'll talk about it after. I was going to say down. I was going to say get there early. But <laughs> Jake, do you want to touch on? I know you were in the U.S. men's, not national, not men's national team, but the U.S. organization for mm-hmm. a little bit for an internship. What kind of fill people in on like, what is this tonight? And what compared to like Nations League that we just won? Yeah, like, so that's a good point. And there's so many different competitions and I feel like there's only more that get added to this, you know, year after year, but I, I'm all for it. I love more soccer, but anyway, yeah. So this is the gold cup tonight. What's traditionally been the North American equivalent of the euros. If you're a European soccer fan, it's every country within that continent gets a chance to play and compete for a trophy. That's the gold cup. And that's been going on for a long time. I think you had a comment here, Justin, it's the, it's our longest uh, running tournament here in North America, and it features uh, 15 CONCACAF teams. Um, and we actually have an invited guest this year as well in, in Qatar. Uh, so that that's an exciting one. But uh, So 16 teams total compete in the Gold Cup, whereas the Nations League is more of a let's make sure there are competitive fixtures happening you know, every single year that aren't necessarily World Cup qualifiers uh, for all the federations because CONCACAF, so North America, is 41 members. And people are like, what? Because you really just think about Mexico, U.S., Canada, maybe even Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago. But there are so many other smaller like Caribbean, Central American countries. And this allows them to get competitive matches in their own pools. So there's four pools within the Nations League for for CONCACAF. There's A, B, C and D. And it's exactly how it sounds. You know, in your D, you're going to find the smallest nations with the the worst and the least mature amount of uh, programs. And in Group A, you're going to see guys like the U.S. and guys like Mexico. And it's pro-rel in this Nations League. So if you win that that group, you're able to move up into the next tier. If you are the worst in that group, you also move down. But if you can only win the Nations League by winning Group A. So we just won the Nations League. That's treated very seriously by the, by the U.S. Soccer Federation, whereas Gold Cup is now shifting to be more of a let's give your guys on the outside, your fringe guys, a little bit more playing time in a competitive environment and see who's ready to take the next step into the A-team. Especially that's how we treat it right now. I'm the only guys that – I'm trying to think of like World Cup guys, Justin, that are on this team. Matt Turner is is the goalie for us. And then I think DeAndre Yedlin is on the team for the Gold Cup. But Jordan those Morris. are – Jordan Morris. Uh, those are the only couple of guys, I think, that are from the World Cup that are on this team. It's mostly younger guys or guys that switch nationalities or guys that just aren't getting enough minutes with the A team just to see if they have a higher ceiling that we need to see more of when it comes to our most important game. So that's kind of how I would distinguish them. Yeah. It's still going to be awesome to see the U S best national team, regardless who's on the field. It is still going to be an awesome game, two games tonight as well. So as Jake already touched about on a little bit about the tournament, where, where do we stand right now? So like what is going on with us? Uh, so we played one game so far. We played Jamaica tied them one, one, Two highlights, great save on a penalty kick by Matt Turner to keep us only down 1-0 at the time, would have been 2-0, and then a late equalizer from Vasquez. Um, and like Jake said, we play tonight against St. Kitts and Neves. That's at 8.30 p.m. or 9 p.m. And before us is Trinidad Nebego uh, versus Jamaica. So Trinidad actually beat St. Kitts 3-0, um, and we will play Trinidad on July 7th. So dates to know. We're working through these through the group play right now. If we would to get first or second, that's how you got to get out of your group, 
if we get first or second, we would play the if we get first, we play the second place team of Group D and vice versa. That's Canada, Cuba, Guadalupe, and Guatemala. And last night, Canada actually tied uh, Guadalupe, and Guatemala took down Cuba 1-0. So it's interesting. I, I mean, you would rather Canada just fly through this because we should technically get first in our group. So if we somehow get first and they somehow get second and we play Canada in the next round, that'll be tough. So yeah. that would be in the quarterfinals. That's July 8th and 9th. Uh, the semifinals are July 12th, and the final will be July 16th. So coming up all here in the next three weeks, going to be a couple of uh, couple of good games for the U.S. men's national team. But what you hit on, and I'll, I'll finish with this, is what you hit on is anything's possible here with these rotated big-name squads. When I say big names, your bigger countries, like even Canada is rotated significantly from the Nations League when we mop the floor at them. And Mexico is pretty significantly rotated. So it it's a really a chance for these smaller countries to go ruffle some feathers and see if they can make a run. Like St. Kitts, this is their first ever time in the Gold Cup. They have a population of less than 50,000 people. And you know the whole country is behind them to try to upset the United States tonight. Dude, I said that fact to someone yesterday. There's going to be half their country in the stands. Yeah. It's right. going to be, I mean, they're, they're amped to be playing in these games. And I mean, unfortunately, it will be, uh, it should be a slaughter fest, I believe, the line. And we, we're not even making bets. At least I'm not making bets unless I think us to win by over four and a half goals is minus 130. So yeah. expecting a lot of goals. I mean, it should just be an exciting night. So I'm looking forward to it. They won't make it easy, but we should inflict some serious damage. So I'm hoping we yep. do. But for everyone going, enjoy it. Hopefully it's a, it's a goal-filled fixture tonight. Uh, the last thing I want to see is a nervy one. Uh, but let, let's get into Colorado, Colorado Rapids. I feel actually very much the same about this one. Uh, Colorado, just for a, a reminder is a, a, a noteworthy team. They've won an MLS Cup uh, back in 2010. They were one of the 10 founding clubs started uh, in the 1996 season, and they are owned by St. Louis's favorite, Stan Kroenke, right? I mean, so Stan, everyone loves this guy, no matter where you're from, especially St. Louisans, um, and, he's, and he's winning, and we're all super happy for him. Uh, but in reality, man, what a loser of a man. And I, it's such a bummer that he's faring so well with his sports teams. Even Arsenal. People are like, how do you like Arsenal? He's the owner of Arsenal. I, you, don't like, you don't have to like your owner to like the team. So that, that's, that's my, my justification behind that. But Rams obviously fared pretty well when Super Bowl in 22. Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Nuggets. I mean... He's having some success, but Justin, you and I got him pretty good in the five aside that we we did at Sports and Social. I had to pull in here, but things better than Stan Kroenke. What's your favorite from the list that we did on that five aside? Uh, I think I think I'm going with getting dumped. <laughs> I think that was one that I may have even made up on the spot there. Uh, what about you? Uh, you're, another one that you had that was one of my favorite. I think was just the people that stand up on the flight when you just land. It's it's brutal. It's the worst, and, and I'm probably going to experience that pretty soon here. But I don't miss that. Uh, so those are things better than staying cranky. For anyone that missed that, go back to that episode. It's it's pretty funny. I think one of my favorite ones we've done. We need to get back to sports and social. We should reach back out. We do. Fun. We do. And we'll we'll create we'll create, or do better with the quality of our audio there as well. We promise. Um, yeah. One more thing I wanted to say. I know we're trying to make some St. Louis connections on all these teams. Um, for the Rapids specifically, John Diarmundo, Slew High grad, Slew Bilk, and college grad, um, drafted by the Rapids back, back in 2007, scored his first goal for them just a week after his debut. Um, I've also had the pleasure of working with John here um, in the business setting for the past five or six years, just all around great guy. So just wanted to give him a quick shout out. No, absolutely. So Colorado, how have they been since we last saw them? Their records this season in 2023 is two wins, nine losses, and eight draws. 
good for 14 goals for and 27 against, which is a negative 13 goal differential for those keeping tabs at home. They are they are yet to win at home this season with four losses and five draws and away a little bit better, actually, with two wins, five losses and three draws. So when you're looking at just high level stats for them, this is not a great team, especially if you look on paper. But for us, previously on this installment, this fixture, they absolutely beat our teeth in in the second half of our last game with an expected goals of 3.23 against our 1.11. Everyone should remember that game. We got that goal, I think, late, like early on in the second half. I think it was Rasmus Alm that scored. We lost Klaus shortly after, and we proceeded just to get dumped on by the Colorado Rapids for an entire second half, basically, until they found the equalizer late on in the 92nd minute. It was painful, man. And that was, ooh, I, it, oh, I, I hate that memory. We, we, we can just not talk about yeah. that. I remember the, the main thing that recap was that we were just happy to skate out of there with a point. No, no pun intended for Colorado. Yeah. Um, but when we look at key results for them, now it's been a lot of time in between, and they have not been faring that well. Um, so they haven't won a game since May 6th against the LA Galaxy 3-1, to who is just a point above them in the whole MLS standings. They are 29th and 28th um, in the very bottom of the whole table. So we said they won two games. So who is their other win, do you ask? The S-Words. So like two of the weakest wins you can have in the MLS. Um, that was back in April and it was one nothing. More notably on some stronger of the teams, which just kind of surprised me, Jake, looking at this. Philadelphia, who's fourth in the East, only lost to them uh, one to two, and that was at home. Lost to Cincinnati at home, who's first in the MLS, only lost to them one nothing. Lost three to two to at Columbus, who's fifth in the East. So some of those stronger teams that they've actually stuck around with, not saying they should have won those games, but not getting absolutely blown out. And then their most recent game um, this past weekend was a 0-0 draw against the Galaxy, who are, like I said, just one point above them from being the very bottom of the table. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I remember us talking about this on that preview back when we did this, but this team sucks. This team just they just suck, but they are really hard to beat. And they know that they suck. So they just throw numbers behind the ball and they literally just counterattack. So I say they suck, but we could absolutely lose this game a hundred percent. It's just gonna be ugly. It's just gonna be an ugly, ugly thing they put out there. So it's up to us to get out ahead and to really play our game and not play their game because that's what they're going to exactly want us to do. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We've got some, some key players to watch for on the Colorado side. One that I'm a little bit selfishly interested in is Cole Bassett. Who's their uh, kind of attacking midfielder. in the number 10 also plays on the wing for them. He's a 21 year old American. Uh, he came off a pretty relatively successful stint in the Dutch league uh, prior to coming back to Colorado where he only has two goals so far, no assists in this season. I think they were expecting a lot more of him in terms of output, uh, but he's coming on strong uh, in the last couple of games, especially started four of the last six uh, and only nine starts so far this season. So I would expect to see a healthy dose of Cole Bassett. Much of their creativity is going to have to flow through a guy like him. Yeah, I think it's one of those guys. And when we say he only has two goals, I think there's four guys on their team that have two goals and that's yeah. the highest. They don't have anybody else. So they don't need standout. So it's a couple of guys that I think it's like you said, it's just a kind of a crappy team all the way around. So someone's got to score some goals. What did it take? A dinner and 15 minutes to get the, to the, the goal score. <laughs> yeah. um, the next guy that I added in here, guy we didn't talk about um, in the first time that we played these guys, Lawless Abubakar. He is a center back, 28 year old uh, from Ghana, fifth season with the Rapids. He already has two goals and just five shots as a center back. Um, he did just miss their last game with the yellow card suspension, fifth yellow that he had. 
Um, but he does have second most in interceptions. So he'd look for him to be fresh and ready to go on the back line. And I'll take the, one more, Jake, before you go. Michael Barrios, 32 uh, year old Colombian, two goals, two assists, 0.35 XG per 90 is the highest on the team. Um, but he has not been playing a lot as of, as of late. I was looking at his minutes. I think he started maybe two of the last um, five games, but he's averaging 29 minutes per game uh, in the last five games so far. So I don't really know. He's just not. Yeah. Playing. I think it was something to do with injury. I was looking back at the last couple games and I, I know they were kind of easing him back into it. I don't know if this will be a game where they, he subs on again or if they're going to actually trust him to get the start. But another guy that probably will start in the central midfield of the park will be Connor Ronan, who is their local Irishman, 25-year-old, uh, obviously from Ireland. He's their kind of distributor. He's, he's their their key guy that is going forward and backwards in terms of passing. He's their connector. One goal and six assists this season which is a fairly productive year for a guy, especially playing for the Colorado Rapids. He leads the team in almost, what, every category, Justin passes, crosses, assists, shots, starts, minutes, the lifeblood of their team at this point, honestly. That's going to be the guy that Blum's going to be all, absolutely all over um, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, think about it. Six assists. They only have 14 goals. The man is almost assisting on every one of their goals. Right. and scoring one of them. So he literally has touched half of their goals this season, which is impressive. So definitely keep an eye out for Connor. Yeah, so how are we expecting them to shape up against us? We've kind of given some tidbits to that already, but their head coach is Robin Frazier. He's been coaching on the MLS since 2007-ish, mostly as an assistant, uh, obviously now at the Rapids. He usually is a guy that goes with a 4-2-3-1, or depending on the game, if he's expecting to soak in pressure, more of a 3-5-2 formation. Really, his plan is to use the ball to draw the opposition, who's, whoever he's playing, into one side of the field before hitting a big switch and attacking very direct from there to open into that new newly opened up space. They, they're a team that plays a lot of those long balls, a lot of those switches, and they primarily tend to attack down the left. So you think about your right side of the field, whether that's Nerwinski or Watts going to be up for a little bit of that threat uh, this weekend. Really, dude, they just turn games into super low scoring and dull affairs. I think that XG that they put up against us was probably their highest of the season. Uh, it was very, very tough to swallow with that. But really, it becomes tactical. They're going to sit back and force us to create moments and create brilliant opportunities and have to finish them because they're really just a hard-to-beat team. They're not a good team. They're just hard to beat. Yeah, when you look at the trends and storylines, first, before we get into offense, defense, overall, their last five games, three losses, two draws. They're 28th in MLS power ranking. Strengths are counterattacks, which is kind of like when you don't have a strength, that's what you can say. It's like a team that just sits back and hopes for the best, and then they try to go. And I and people are like, well, doesn't City kind of do that? Like, no, we create our counterattacks by our press. That is our styles, our press. These guys just wait for you, give them the ball, and then they lump it long and hope for the best. So getting into their offense, they have an XG of 1.15 per 90, tied for fourth worst in the MLS and the average of 0.74 goals per game, which is dead last because they have scored 14 goals in 19 games, which is just absurd to me. Um, they're away for them. They have 0.98 XG, which is 25th in the MLS, um, and nine of their 14 goals for are also when they're away. So they, like we said, they do do a little bit better away, which is kind of surprising to me considering that they had such a high XG in our game versus us. That's probably the majority of their season, like you already mentioned. Right, and they've scored a third of their output in goals during the 81st and 90th minute. Can we play a team that doesn't have a strong suit? In the I was just going to say that. I, I didn't see this ahead of time. Well, and that's why that's always our struggle, too. I know. I know. Well, it, but you know what? I almost like it because we have to improve that. So you, you got to start making sure we get shutouts during those periods to bring that stat down. They usually score about every 100 minutes 
away from home. So we're hopefully we're outside of that threshold. They only average 0.9 points per match in away games. Uh, it is slightly better than their home, uh, and they are a little bit better in the second half. So more of a second half team away from home. They're, they score most of their goals inside the 18. Only two have come from outside the 18 this season. And when they are away, they tend to possess much less as well, with only 41% possession, bottom 10 in total pass count overall. This is not a team that's going to blow you away with possession or creating these magnificent opportunities, uh, Barcelona-style, like tiki-taka and, and bouncing around. They're not going to impress you with that kind of stuff. They're not anything shiny, right? I mean, they have bottom 10 and shots on target. Uh, but they are effective getting their shots on target percent uh, down, but they are, and this is a fun little stat I found, they are the worst team in terms of goals per shot. Every Their stat here is basically 0.06 goals per shot. So this team is extremely ineffective with the shots they're choosing to take in terms of how they relate to goals. So it, it things don't look great on paper for, for, for the Rapids. Dude, imagine like when you when a ball leaves your team's foot and it's heading towards net, you have a six percent chance mm-hmm. of it actually going into the back of the net. It's bad, man. That's disgusting. It's bad. it's bad. They're they're gonna they're gonna rely really heavily on just that individual moment of brilliance, that great counterattack where someone just has the quality to take it and, and stick it in the back of the net. Otherwise, the only thing I could find this team where they were top something in was switches. They are a team, like I said, that's going to draw us to one side of the field, which we're going to try to press them on and make and make them make mistakes and cough up errors. But then they're going to try to switch the ball very quickly and attack direct. So one thing to be keeping an eye on defensively as we get into kind of the more defensive side of the game here. Honestly, bring that on. I would I would love to see Jared Stroud or Celio, one of these guys, once a ball gets played in the air, that's one of the like mouthwatering for those guys in the wing when the when the right back or left back is looking up as the ball's coming across the field and you are just attacking them. So mm-hmm. would love to see it. I don't know if they'll switch it that quickly on the ground, but we have some speedy guys to keep up with it. Um looking at their defense, their XGA of 1.55 per 90, tied for fifth worst in the MLS, 1.42 goals against per game, tied for seventh worst in the MLS. When you look away, it doesn't get much better. 1.89 goals against um, or ex- expected goals against. That's third worst in the MLS. Um, 18 of their 27 goals against are on the uh, when they're away as well. 19% of those goals against come from the 51st to the 60th and 22% from the 81st and 90th. So look for us, like we say, right after halftime. I think that's when we can come out pretty strong, especially when we feed off the crowd and towards the end of the game. I do think that that can be something that we can look to be exciting, especially with us resting so many guys um, in our last game last Saturday, right. and we have a full another week of rest. We didn't have a game this Wednesday. So I think we could actually finish the game strong here. Knock on wood. I hope so, too. I would love for us to turn that into a competency of ours to become a really good finisher of games and make sure that we're scoring goals and also not conceding them. But this is a team that will look to concede about every 50 minutes in, a, in away games. And they are dead last in tackles, not a very defensively pressing team at all. They let the, the game come to them. And because of that, they're, they end up being towards the top in terms of block shots and clearances where they're number four and in the top 10, respectively. They actually do have the tie for the fourth, at least most clean sheets. But I think that's just a result of them just keeping games so close. They don't play very open or play much at all, to be totally frank. And then I have a new stat in here. I don't, I don't think I've talked about this, but... Post shot XG basically takes XG, so expected goals, and adds in an element of how likely it is that the keeper will save it. 
So I take that post shot XG and I subtract it by goals against and you get a plus or a minus number. And for them, it's minus 1.7. The higher that number is, like Berkey has a plus 5.6, meaning that he's prevented essentially 5.6 of expected goals uh, based on the likelihood he was able to save them. So that's why he is in the all-star game because he's insane. And then they have a negative 1.7 to his plus 5.8. So goalkeeping little bit of a, of a weakness for them they're they're not doing well keeping out some some quality shots but obviously not not the worst either so i think that becomes one of the keys of the game which is a great transition is dude get pucks on net i wanted to take that from the hockey like just put the shots on goal we can take some from range we have guys that have a boot in them do not be afraid to test the goalkeeper oh i completely agree and i will say it, it probably need to if they're not going to step we're probably going to take some shots outside of the 18 and i think we have plenty of guys that can do it i would love to see sam dinran or nico just absolutely put their laces through one get it on net let's see if this goalie can actually save it or parry it out of bounds as opposed to right back in the middle um but also looking at looking at defense then for us we already talked about it their specialty is countering so just making sure that we're man marking we know where these guys are we're not getting caught up um i think we'll be good with a fresh blum right in front of the back four I know we already and obviously Johnny didn't play last game and we look at I know we had Parker and Hebert, but we also have Bartlett um, and Erwinski that are fresh legs. So we can probably keep up with those counters. Not too worried about that, but something to keep an eye on um, and kind of parlayed with that is picking your moments uh, to defend and getting forward as well. So we can get Johnny and Nelson up, but also that will also need to make sure that they get back or they kind of switch with Stroud or Alm, whoever's there, Blum and Miggy or whoever's be playing in front of them, get wider to kind of recover for them as well. Yeah, I mean, you hit everything that I was going to say defensively. My last offensive thing is just don't get frustrated during this game. They're going to try everything they can to frustrate you and just sit back and defend, defend, defend. Just be patient. Be comfortable on the ball. Possess when you have to. I know we don't love that, but this is not a team that loves it either. So possess when you have to and just look for those opportunities. Look to carve them open. This is a game where we'll need something a little bit different to beat them than we do on, on most other games. Otherwise, generally... Use City Park to your advantage. We have a home field advantage. We usually play pretty well at City Park. Obviously, did not last game, so let's let's get back on track with this one. And I think we need to score first. We need to score first. Punch them in the mouth. This is not a team that shows well when they when they when they play down and close the game out like we talked about with composure. Let's close this. Let's finish it. Let's manage the game. If we get up, let's not be you know looking for that second that third goal you know deep into the eighty plus minutes. Let's be looking to close it out. Take it to the corners kick it to the corners it doesn't need to be sexy we just need three points from colorado rapids like we needed that last time we failed to do it and now i need it for this home fixture so that that's the expectation the keys to the game for me as we head into this one uh in terms of lineup justin i've got i'm pulling ours up right now but i'm gonna throw some plugs in there while you're yeah. pulling that out. the one that we have mentioned a, a whole lot recently is series six i know i put it on our story for uh, the bucket list of locals, um, Series 6, Sammy is up there for Person of the Year. And Series 6 specifically is up there for Best closing, Clothing Store. So get out to it. Go to at STL Bucket List um, on Instagram and get your votes in there. Um, also, Jake and I will be out of town this weekend, but we will be sporting the pitch tonight. Always get to the pitch, especially. I think it's going to be like 100 degrees this weekend. Get a frozen Irish coffee. Walk around with it. Have a good time. Drink responsibly. And then last one, especially when it's this hot. Get some soul juice in you. This is reviving stuff. I mean, it's after you work out, before you work out, just getting ahead of a game or being outside for an hour and a half. Get some of that in there. Less sugary, better tasting apple juice. Love it. Great plugs there, Justin. So let's see what you got here. So I, I put together my, my 11. This is my 11 this week. I didn't go with what I think Carnell's going to do. I went with what I would do if I was in his shoes and what I really think he should do. So we played last week a little bit of a 4 
one two one two, which is kind of a fancy way of, of of alternating some of the formats that we've seen before and how we shape up. But really, it just means you have your back four, which my back four would be in this game. Going back to Johnny Nelson on the left, Kyle Hebert back into left center back, Tim Parker at right center back, and Akil Watts at, at right back. Akil, nothing against Jake Nerwinski, but you have to reward performances when they're strong and solid like his. And I feel like this is a great game to parlay that success into. And I think it'd be a good start for Akil Watts. Any any thoughts on that back line, Justin? Uh, no, I'm good with the back line, except I think I, I think he'll end up going. I know you said this, what you would do. I think he'll end up going back to Nerwinski at the right. I could see that too. Just because he he's had a full rest. He's had a full what yep. a week and a half. It's gonna be him and Johnny since last Wednesday will be the first time they're playing in a week and a half. So I think he'll give a keel a rest um and kind of work your way up. I agree. I mean Blum, definitely sitting in front. I'll let you get into a little bit of the diamond here because I kind of like when we have two sitting in front, but I kind of like what you're doing with Blum. I like the two sitting in front when we know we're playing a team that's gonna play soccer. When we're playing the Colorado Rapids that are playing, I don't know what you would call what they're playing. I think we can afford to go a little bit lighter when it comes to the defensive pivot. So what I would go with is the 4-1 and that one be Blum. And then the two in front of Blum would be, in my opinion, Stroud and Indy, who's coming in for Miggy. We played the same format last game. Um, so I think Indy, like we, we've seen him be able to do both defense and offense pretty respectfully. So I, I think he can be a great asset to the team and an upgrade for sure on what we saw from Miggy last game. So those two and then Aziel Jackson, and again, same point I made with Akil Watts. He's earned this. Like that was a great performance that he put on. He looked dangerous for most of the entire game. It's And for a game where we're going to need some creativity to break down this really compact Colorado team, I think a guy like AZ is perfect for this. So that's where I would go with at the tip of the midfield, finalized by Nico and Dinaran up top with, I have them next to each other on the graphic for anyone that's looking at this visually on YouTube, but how I would expect to see it shake out is Dinaran plays in front of Nico and Nico plays second striker like we saw behind Klaus at the early part of the season. So thoughts, what we got? That's what I was going to agree with. I definitely think it'll be Sam all the way up top, so it'll be a 1-1 at the end. I don't know how I feel about having a diamond and then making a 1-1. It's, it keeps us a little bit narrow. So the only thing I would say is maybe do Blum and I'll put Miggy back in there. I thought Miggy did all right at last game. Put Stroud on the left. AZ, or sorry, I'll do Blum. Yeah, there it is. Blum and Miggy in front, Stroud on the left, and I'd put Indy on the right and then put Nico underneath of Sam. So basically, and not saying that AZ didn't do enough to get in there, but and I don't know. I I go back and forth. I just think we need a little bit more width. Sorry. It's a good problem, though. It's a good problem to have. It I mean, formations and players, it's great that we can have these debates because I don't think we thought about that as much earlier in the and season. And I do think if, we're, if we need to break down this team, I mean, then you got Celio coming off the bench. And if and if AZ doesn't start, he's for sure getting off the, off the bench. You also got Alm. We got Isak Jensen. So we have a lot of guys that will be coming in and trying to provide some width and whip some balls into a big man, uh, Sam Dinran and Nico, who just had a uh, physical head ball goal, what, two games ago? Yeah, 100%. So good problems that we're facing here. And let's finish out strong, Justin, with some predictions and grahammers for this one. Oh Obviously, got to be a little bit nuanced knowing how Colorado's going to treat this. But just doing the, the quick line overview, City's at minus 120, it looks like right now, for money line, Colorado at plus 270, the draw at plus 270, the over is set at two and a half. Uh, at minus 130 for the over and under at plus 100. So a little bit tighter on the over under right now that we've, especially compared to recently. But thoughts on your predictions and then getting your grammar, Justin. You, you go with both first. Okay, prediction. 
I'm going with a 2-0 dub. And the reason that I say zero is the fact that I think with them only scoring 14 goals in 19 games, um, I think Roman will keep us out. I think our, our legs are fresh. You look specifically at Blum. Um, and you look at uh, Johnny Nelson and you look at Nerwinski and a lot of these guys that were able to refresh their legs. They haven't played since last Wednesday. I don't see our defense letting us down, especially playing at home. So going with the 2-0 dub, looking specifically also will kind of all three of my bets kind of go in line with that city to score over one and a half goals. So score two or more is minus 120. I'd love that bet when we're at home. I feel like it hits just about every time. Money line minus 120. Absolutely. I don't know how we don't win this game. Knock on wood. And doing a little sprinkle on the shutout. So in under a half a goal for Colorado is plus 175. I like that. I like that. that that's a good sprinkle there. Ooh, and I meant to mention, uh, I was just DMing with Barstool because apparently sometimes they can put stuff up on if someone will not score a goal. I've not seen it yet this year. But for whatever reason, dude, they have Joao Klaus is our second highest odds to score a goal. If they can give me a line, he's the guy said he's going to talk to the odds maker. I don't know, like the odds maker. It's like sounds like the, <laughs> the boss of like deal or no deal. Like, oh, I'm going to call the odds maker. Um, but if I could somehow get that lineup, I will be pulling out my 401k. I love it. Yeah, let me know. I, I, w- I would do that with you. The odds maker. It sounds like a Marvel villain. Like yeah, the, that's the odds what I'm maker. Or like the guy, uh, the banker on, on deal or no deal. Like, you yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, my prediction for this one is pretty close to yours. I'm going actually with 2 1. W and the only reason I put the one there, I don't want I, I would love a clean sheet. A clean sheet would be phenomenal in this game, but I just worry because I feel like counterattacks have been a weakness of ours, especially of recently. And we've seen us, you know, get punished time and time again on things like that exactly. So I really hope we're not going to get countered on and get scored on there, but I am gonna go with a two one. I think we should have enough to to muster out a W in this game. But predictions wise. This bode well. You also took a couple good ones. I'm definitely putting some on the money line and the over one and a half. But mine for this one is worked out for me last week, and it's sitting at minus one minus one twenty right now. And that is that more goals will be scored in the second half. Colorado plays in higher scoring second half games. They have twenty goals not scored, scored total, not their own goals. Twenty goals have come in the second half versus only seven. Um at home so 20 goals have been scored away in the second half and then for us we have 19 goals in second halves versus 15 in first half so a little bit less of a pronounced difference between those but i just think there's fireworks in the second halves of our games recently and i feel like it hit i mean obviously like almost right away the other night in san jose so i would love for it to see it hit here so minus 120 second half to have more goals in the first yeah, we're definitely not one of those teams that scores early on. And if we do, we're not kind of piling it on. I can't remember. Have we had a game where we have two goals by halftime? Like, I feel like that's just not a thing. But we always end up with two or three goals yeah. in the game. So right. I, definitely a stat we look at. But I love the second half. We hammered that last game. I'm going to hammer it again with you this time. Yep. Well, there we go. So that we had a squad ride in this one. I think we got some great bets. It's unfortunate we can't be there. Uh, but for everyone going, hopefully you all enjoy it. And we have some fairly decent weather it looks disgusting at least for these next couple days here in st louis justin and i will be taking our talents up north uh to the lake for a little bit of a of a retreat right this is a working thing this is a working thing so yeah are we gonna do another podcast on the lake we will we will absolutely do another podcast so look for a little outdoorsy one coming from us this weekend and recap of hopefully what's going to be a demolition of colorado to right our wrongs from two months ago and where we saw klaus exit man which is just so crazy it's been that long since it's been but 
Anyway, that is all we have for you all today. Thank you for tuning into Ball Watching. Uh, like us on socials at Ball Watching STL. Like us on your podcast preference of choice. And on YouTube, every little bit counts. Uh, so we appreciate all of your support. And we'll catch you soon in a couple days here, recapping, hopefully celebrating with a couple Bezos. We'll see, Justin. All for City, all for USA. All for City, all for USA. Take care, everyone. <laughs>